You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Welcome back into the show. Happy Thursday morning to everyone out there. And uh, appreciate all the support. Over on Twitter is the best place to find me for people asking. At Steady Picks underscore Tom. And uh, that's the best place you'll be able to find me. Feeling a little bit better this morning. You'll probably hear it in my voice quite a bit. And it still doesn't sound great, I don't think. But I am feeling just ever so slightly better. So thank goodness for that. Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines is well underway. Uh, we'll give a bit of recap from round one here uh, this morning. because Round one was on a, a Wednesday afternoon here. Uh, East Coast time. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll cover some of that. There's been... A lot of talk this week, and there generally is with this tournament. But there's been a whole lot of talk about um, playing the North course versus the South course, what that means betting-wise, and how people can ultimately take advantage of it. I heard many recommendations of Live betting before the second round here, which would be today. Kind of live betting some of the guys that are that played okay at the south course yesterday and now are going to the north course. Because if you're not aware necessarily, the north course is going to be easier to score at. Just in general. Just a bit easier of a course. The north course. And there's three rounds at the south course, one round at the north course that they're going to play. And so I just heard, and I, you know, I even talked about it a little bit and have asked some people what they think. And ultimately, it's just, um, it's kind of a you thing. Depends how you like to, to look at, approach this, look at this. My suggestion is if there's somebody you really like that played okay at the south course and now is going to the north course, take a shot. Because here's the thing about it is the conditions today are supposed to be brutally hard. There's going to be massive winds today and the south course is going to be well, really both courses, are going to be nearly impossible to score from what they're saying. Could the forecast change? Could the wind levels change? Absolutely. 
Could they not even be as bad as it says? Absolutely. How often do we see that with, with the weather? But it is a bit concerning how difficult the course is going to be today. And so um, just a, a couple of thoughts that I have on it are, yeah, if you find somebody who played the south course yesterday and are playing the north course today, then maybe there's a, an opportunity. But you know, you look at the, the live odds for this, right? And the books kind of already have this adjusted out. I, from what I can tell, you know, your your favorites for the tournament right now are Justin Thomas, Taylor Montgomery, which he shot a great round, and we didn't bet him outright, just top 20. So if he wins, I'm going to be pissed. Sung J.M., 10 to 1. Morikawa, 12 to 1. Zalatoris, 18 to 1. Aaron Ray, 20 to 1. These are all guys outside of Aaron who played the south course. Like, none of the guys that played really well on the north course are near the top of the board. The closest might be Thigala at 22-1. to Like, Andrew Novak, who's currently sitting what? Where's Andrew Novak? T5 at six under. He's two strokes off the lead. You know, he's still 40 to one. So a lot of the guys that play the North course, yeah, not necessarily towards the top of the leaderboard. Sam Ryder, the leader of the tournament or co-leader. 40 to one. And it's just unusual to see that. And that's why people think that there's a lot of betting opportunity here. And you can tell that they've obviously adjusted some of this. Because they've, this is not what it normally looks like. So, I don't necessarily see the way forward with that kind of stuff. I don't know who I would bet or what I would do, uh, but just trying to lay the facts out for people that might be wanting to get involved here live on uh, Thursday, the second round of the Farmers Insurance Open. Won't really be me. But as far as our bets go, Ben Griffin towards the top of the leaderboard, we have him outright. Will Zalatoris, Max Homa, both hanging around. Patrick Rogers is a couple under, so we'll see how that develops. Today, and then our top 20s look pretty good. Jason Day, Taylor Montgomery, Zalatoris, Spawn, all guys that are in the mix towards the top of the board. So that's just great news. Uh, the Australian Open Finals, the women's finals, is happening uh, right now. Well, in about yeah, it's live, two two in the first in the first set. Magda Lynette versus Arnia Sabalenka. 
fantastic tournament so far. We definitely cooled off on the bets towards towards the, you know, getting towards the end of the tournament. In volume, obviously, with less matches. And just in overall, you know, we had Magdalene the other night, plus 135. That got home for us um, to get to the finals in the semifinals. And, um, yeah, I did not bet this match. Magdalene was like a four to one dog. Eh, it was like three and a half, between three and a half and four, depending where you shop. She was a pretty big dog in this one. And, um, yeah. I didn't bet this, but I'm looking at it live, and I really want a piece of Magdalenette in my pocket. Uh, we'll see if she... I you know I really think that there's some opportunity with the live betting in tennis. Like, you can just watch as points change how much the odds change. I refuse to believe that there is like that overwhelming of a change from one point in the win probability. So it's really strange. I don't know why it does that if they're trying to overcompensate so they don't get beat. That sort of thing. Like Magdalene just lost the fifth game. So it's Sabalenka's up 3-2. But Sabalenka was serving and held. Now she's plus 425. And I get it. It's a different time. She's got to win her serve and blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's what happens in tennis. People hold serves. You hold a serve. I hold a serve. You Like, you know, the breaks are somewhat rare. Certainly more rare than holding your serve. And... For that reason, I can't see why there's such a huge swing when somebody loses like doesn't win a break. Doesn't make any sense. So I am gonna it's plus four twenty five on Bet MGM right now. I'm just gonna put a some pizza money on it for some rooting interest the rest of the morning. Because that'll be fun. Uh, do, do, do. But Sabalanka's just been playing a wonderful tournament all the way through. Uh, just a fantastic job so far. Really didn't... Uh, yeah, just a fantastic tournament. Um, I think... I better check this before I start talking. But I am almost certain... That way back when, we may have taken a futures ticket on Sabalenka to win this tournament. Call me crazy. But I am almost certain that we did, and we do. We have a ticket from, uh, when did we bet this? Can we see on on here? Do, do, do. Yeah, we have Sabalenka on a 12-1 to 1 ticket. From way back when. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it was on BetMGM. Let's see if we can find the open ticket. That way I can tell you when it was 
Tell you when it was bet. I used to really like BetMGM's um, interface, if you will. I don't really enjoy it very much. It's, it's confusing. Okay, so Ben Griffin, there's some of the golf bets that we took on here. Down and down, we got futures. Bengals to win the Super Bowl, eight to one. Jaguars to win the Super Bowl, twenty-five to one. Eagles to beat the Jags. That was my favorite ticket I had, uh, hundred and fifty to one. We have Kevin Harvick at the Daytona five hundred. Kyle Busch at the Daytona five hundred. Sorry, I'm just rattling off. George Russell to win the 2023 Drivers Championship. We had Carlos Alcaraz to win the tournament, Australian Open men's side, Carlos Alcaraz. And then we had Sabalenka, 12 to 1, to win the Australian Open women's. We bet this on 9 12 22. How about that? <laughs> That's a great ticket. I even forgot. That's a shame as I forgot we had that. Because um, the, the biggest downfall of something like BetStamp is some of these markets just aren't available. They can't possibly have all the available options um, on BetStamp. And, you know, I love using BetStamp. I think the guys over there they they've been on this show before they're they're great guys rob and johnny and great guys um has nothing to do with them but the the platform it, it can't possibly have every single market to be able to to track right so when you start betting stuff like this it often i mean you kind of lose track of it i, I don't want to say that because that sounds like we're not tracking our picks or I'm not tracking my picks and keeping, you know, I'm just throwing in these random stupid shit and letting it go. But it is true. It's hard to keep track of them on BetStamp. So I do have them. Okay, so let's let's talk about this for a second. Maybe a good learning opportunity for everyone involved. Magda Lynette held her serve, by the way. Um when we look at how to track picks, how to track your bets, BetStamp is obviously my first recommendation. Sign up for BetStamp, sign up for some different books, and start betting and tracking, and give it six months of bets, and then let's talk about how, how it's going. But it's important when you're on there to be critically honest with yourself you have to do that before you start tracking your picks. You have to sit down and look in the mirror and say, I'm going to be incredibly honest with myself, my performance here, what I'm betting, how much I'm betting on every given play. There is no fudging. Oh, I'll just delete this one. Oh, I'll just get rid of that one. I didn't, you know, I didn't really like that. So I, I'll delete it. No, be critically honest with yourself. Next 
is with you know with some of these picks that you can't track I have a page on each of my models where I track every play that I make on a spreadsheet as well I shouldn't say that I do that for um golf and excuse me and tennis and and likely will for NASCAR because they are um a little bit harder to track like NFL is so easy to track on Betstamp it's not even funny I wouldn't do it any other way for NFL NBA MLB hands down no other way to do it but with some of the other sports it's it's difficult they don't always have all the books that you know for tennis they've been showing for the US Open or for the excuse me Australian Open they've only been showing options from two different books which are points bet and Caesars but it's obviously available at many others so you know it's trying to figure out you know I don't want to log something on there at the wrong price and not at the right book but then you can do that it just won't be verified so what I've ended up doing this is where I currently sit just maybe this is boring to listen to I don't know I will use the bet stamp verified every single time that I can. Anytime that I can use the verified, you know, the lines are there. That's what I'm betting. I will do it. Hands down, 100%. But if I if something like the Australian Open, where there's better numbers at other places, I will manually enter them into bet stamp. I will manually make a bet, change the odds, and try and change the book. Does that happen a lot? Not really, because generally Caesars or points bet has a good number. Like MGM doesn't generally have a, a very good numbers on tennis. So in that situation, that's what I do. Golf, kind of the same. Well, exactly the same thing. Pretty easy to log on BetStamp. They've got all the top 10, top 20. They've got some of the markets. They've got the outright winner. They've got some books that have the odds, not all of them. So it's important to still shop around. And then I'll do the same thing there. If I need to change something, I will. It won't be verified anymore, but it will be an accurate representation of what I'm doing. And I've been, you know, I also I started this whole thing with you have to sit in the mirror and be really honest with yourself and ask yourself if you can control yourself enough to track losers when you don't have to is essentially what what happens you know it does not forcing you to to you can delete this and no one will ever know but you ha- you can't do that got to be really honest with yourself so where was i lost my train of thought um so for golf, same thing. Track everything in BetStamp that you can. And then I also track the picks on a spreadsheet. Same for tennis. So tennis and golf both have the BetStamp way of tracking. And then on the models that I use on the files, I have a page that is my bets. 
and that's that for golf and tennis. NFL, NBA, MLB, all do it right through Betstamp. No issues at all. They've got every book you, you can have. They've got all the odds for everything. It's a fantastic experience for some of the smaller sports. It struggles just a little bit. So that's how we handle that. For NASCAR, we will be doing a very similar thing. I don't even think Betstamp has NASCAR at all, which, yeah, I don't think they do. No, no NASCAR. Or Formula One. So those will be kept on a spreadsheet, which I just don't like doing. I would much rather be able to actually track it and see closing line value and just be able to analyze what books and all that. But I try to track that stuff myself. The information I try to track is the date that I placed it, placed any bets, obviously the book, obviously the bet, the odds. I convert it to decimal odds so that I can automate this a little bit, enter win-loss for every bet, and it will tell me what I won or lost unit-wise. Because right now it's set up that at the end of the week for golf, say, I go down and Will Zalatoris, did he win outright? Loss. And it'll take away the units. Loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, whatever. And then it keeps a running total. So at any given time, we can kind of go in here and and take a look and see what we've been up to. We will do the same thing for NASCAR, which will be starting, uh, I think next week is actually the clash of the, whatever they call it, the clash at the Coliseum. I would be shocked if I'll have a bet on that. It's a kind of an odd event. I know nothing about it. I probably just shouldn't. Get involved with that, to be honest. Um, well, my computer just uh, freaked out on me here. Oh, come on now. The Google Sheet just got zoomed in. I'm going to X out of that. I was trying to pull up the NASCAR model just so I could talk about it a little bit, but uh, it doesn't seem to want to cooperate here this morning. But I'm really excited to use this, man. It is like an unbelievable spreadsheet of information. It is just ridiculous. I can't even believe it. I don't know how I'm going to share this because it's going to be just very difficult to actually share because it's so much information. I guess I can create a condensed no version um, with just the final rankings, but you know, some of the information on here is just fantastic. Um, the way that I come up with the rating is a little interesting. We'll have to talk about that and see if there's a better way to do it. Um, but really this lays out, this lays out everything you need to know very nicely. Last six races in general, how are they doing? You know, 
When I say how are they doing, it's average finish, wins, top five, top ten, top twenty. Laps led. So last six, last six races, how are they doing? Last three years at the track, last three years at this track type, whether it be a super speedway or a road course or whatever. Season overall stats, we'll enter the qualifying stats ourselves when the time comes. That gives us the final rating. And so at Daytona, which is the first uh, one that we'll have here, really all about are you good at a super speedway because there's not a whole lot of it's a very different drive than any other uh, track that they go to very different super speedway is pedal to the floor hitting the restrictor plate max speed drafting and off you go it's very different than most other tracks and so the last three years at the track type and at this track is going to be important. Generally, the people that do well here do really well here all the time. The other layer is Daytona's high speed. A lot of accidents happen at this track. So generally, it's a little more volatile because your guy could get knocked out because they got stuck in a wreck. By the way, we'll get to more of that as we get closer the Daytona 500 but I'm excited to, to be able to share this uh, monstrosity of a model I would actually like to check like the recent odds see if um, let's just take a peek and see if we've gotten any good value on the couple of bets that we've posted should we do that real quick I think we should Curious to know, have we made any progress? Because it's been a couple weeks since we bet those initially. Do What do we call this? Motorsport the category. No, I guess there is a NASCAR category. Excuse me. Oh, my God. Could it be any slower? Yeah, I don't... BetMGM's just been, the website's just been getting really laggy and slow. I don't don't understand why. Okay, here we go. Bets we have so far. We have Austin Sindrick, 18-1, Kyle Busch, 22-1, Kevin Harvick, 25-1. And it looks like they are Kyle Busch, 22-1. Yep, Austin Sindrick, 18-1, Kevin Harvick, 25-1. No change at all. No change whatsoever. Assuming qualifying may change some things, but uh, okay, no movement on our guys, that's for sure. Not that it's that important. It's just uh, nice to see that. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Appreciate it very much. Remember, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify just make a note how much you enjoy the show that would be very much appreciated one of the best things you could do to help support us thank you so much talk to you tomorrow